Welcome to Ami Sites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day-to-day business decisions. Join the founder and CEO of Multifunding, Ami Kassar, and his co-host, Lynn Ozer, the president of Multifunding, aka the SBA Queen, as they help you navigate, grow, and stay in control of your business. Welcome to the next edition of Ami Sites. I'm Ami Kassar, your host. And today's going to be very exciting because not only do we have the queen of SBA, SBA queen, Lynn Ozer, but we also have a very special guest today, the king of cheats, Miguel Liel. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Appreciate it to be here. I just read your background and I cannot wait to hear you tell us this story. And it is so fascinating. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad that you like it. Yes. Miguel, tell us your story. It's fabulous. Go, go, go. And you were the youngest cheesemaker I ever read about back in Mexico. It was. I mean, well, I was in a cheese factory in Mexico, first of all. And then we changed, exchanged the technology. Supposed to, I was supposed to come to the United States to start teaching how to make Mexican. And I was supposed to learn how to make American cheese. And then... Pretty soon, life gave me the opportunity to stay, and I keep going, working in the cheese factory in Monroe, Wisconsin. And then I got the opportunity, the Amish people, I win a contest. After a couple of years later, I win a contest to give me the chance to make my first factory. I partnered with them, and pretty soon, sold everything on it, and the cheese like the people love it. It was very familiar. I started making cotija cheese. That is a hard cheese, close like Parmesan cheese with their milk. And I only have, I was in that time, 100,000 pounds of milk a day. And I feel the capacity right away. And the market really asked for more and more and more. And I built a second factory in in Darlington, Wisconsin. And from there, I did it in that time like I thought... It was not big enough, neither. I feel the capacity after two years later. And then I had to build the third factory. Then that one was big enough. And I, that one was the 150,000 square feet. I mean, I can produce 3 million pounds of milk a day. And it's how I sold it. And the market is keep going, growing and growing and growing. And that is how I start my business to Sigma Alimentos come and bought me. They saw... They saw me the business and I marry almost with them <laughs> and started, I sold it and I dedicated them to, they have a lot of cheese factories all over the world and I kind of like fix it and change recipes on it and start fixing a lot of things to be more efficient, the factories. And it was a win-win situation. And then I retired, I get divorced and all things change and start giving me a break. Now I come back again and now I'm working with a university to start develop a new type of Mexican cheese. I mean, we put in science to Mexican cheese because it's enough volume and we push it to put the standard of identity. That way is the correct formula all the time. It's all in the process. Is that what you're saying? The process with the recipe, is that what they couldn't do to make Mexican cheese? What is the difference between regular cheese and Mexican cheese? Flavoring? <laughs> aging? Yeah, all those points. Taste of it kind of like a, it's too mild because the way they make cheese is local markets the traditional cheese 
is in sales in local markets really fast, really quick, and they don't age too long the cheese. Well, matter of fact, they don't have one really aged cheese. The only one of familiar that doesn't melt is Cotija cheese, and the other ones are very mild. I see. But it's, it's a lot of difference because some of them doesn't melt, and you can cook differently. I have a question. I mean, I understand that you learned your trade of cheese making. How did you learn to be a businessman? How did that come about? How did the business side of everything evolve? Yes. When I was working in the cheese factory, I knew that I was waiting for another opportunity to go and start on my own. And I wait and wait. And as soon as it happens, the contest with the Amish, then I can jump in on my own. I mean, I wait for the opportunity. Well, life, or I call them the university of life and paying attention to all the message and be patient and be in a well physical condition and don't get any addictions or any drugs or any alcohol to be ready for the next opportunity that you have. And that is what I took. That's how I do it. I mean, I wait patiently and life telling me the opportunity, what is coming. Let's go back a little bit. Tell us about your life in Mexico and what brought you to America. I was to try to get a better life in the United States, and I tried to get married with my, my girlfriend. And I did try to put the best on me to promise myself that I was willing to do it. And this is how I came to America. I think so. It's a great country to give you plenty of opportunities, easier than Mexico. So what were you doing in Mexico before you came to America? I wasn't a high school student, but I wasn't because I, I cannot read pretty well because I mix the, all the letters and... Uh, it's a problem. They have to read it for me. And I have a little bit difficulty with all the people, all the friends because they bullied me. They, I decided to quit and start selling and start learning cheese. That was my first job. And were you working cheese in Mexico before you came to the States? Yes, I did. I did work in the cheese factory before. That was my first job. What were you doing in the cheese factory? I started learning from the ground. I was cleaning everything and I didn't start learning for what they use rennet, what is, try to understand most of it, why the milk is, it does, and all that kind of stuff, the conditions of the milk, different ah. in each country. So you know something about cheese and Mexican cheese, and then you come to America, and why did you choose, did you come straight to Wisconsin? Wisconsin is the most popular, and California is the next one. And we're supposed to exchange technology. I'm supposed to teach them how to make uh, Mexican cheese, and I, they supposed to teach me how to make cheddar. Got it. So you come to Wisconsin, where do you start? What do you do when you get to Wisconsin? When I get to Wisconsin, the reality shows up in myself because I couldn't speak and I didn't work in Mexico. And now the reality start teach me discipline to really pay attention in life and start learning how to work. And that was a serious compromise to do it because the rhythm the American people they have in the cheese factory, it was exhausted. I mean, it was too much. They have so much discipline and so hard workers. They party and they keep going working. And <laughs> I learned that, you know, and to depend myself and trust in myself. The, the hardest time too is quiet. I didn't speak up for almost a year and a half. That made me to learn and life was teaching me to observe and take the opportunities all the time. How I went. That's such an important lesson that people forget all the time. Oftentimes, the smartest person in the room is the quietest person in the room. Mm-hmm. You had to learn how to speak English and learn how to make cheddar cheese while teaching them how to make Mexican cheese, correct? Yeah, but it took like a, 
a year and a half that I can start talking to them, right. to talking to, to the people that give me the job. It was in Klondike Cheese Factory. Now they produce feta. That was the biggest and largest company in Wisconsin, I believe, they produce feta. Oh, how about that? That's cool. <laughs> so you're working in Wisconsin and then waiting for your chance to start your own company. What made you think you wanted to start your own company? Right. I believe it. See, if I was keep going, pushing it and push and push in the same spot, the opportunity is what is coming. I think so life gave me the chance that the Amish did what they did. And I took the test and I passed it and I win it. And I took the opportunity and I took it seriously. And I pushed because it was a lot of work. And sometimes I really didn't have money and I didn't know how. I didn't have credit. I had to figure it out, all those things. But it was a tough, tough, tough for me without going to school. And I didn't have nobody to advise me. No parents, kind of like I was alone. And you have to pay attention and be more aggressive in yourself and have more control. So you entered a contest and won money, open it, or you won an opportunity to open it. What happened? Yeah, the Amish. The Amish have the religion. Winning the contest is I compete with another cheesemakers because I already was learning from Klondike how to make cheddar cheese. And I use that technique. And I compete with five or six cheesemakers all over the place. And this is how I win the test. I make my cheese and they like more mine. And it's how I, I win the test. Yeah, but how did you get to go to the factory? Did you win no. money or they opened the factory for you? How did no. that happen? Yeah, the Amish, because their religion is don't, they don't believe in electricity. Right. Uh, I have to buy all the, when I win the test, they call, they call sign for me. I, I bought all the electricity, all the equipment to put in a cheese factory and make, and they make the building for me. And it's how it goes for it. Was the factory in the building in Pennsylvania or in Wisconsin? It was in Middlefield, Ohio. Ah. They have a a large Amish population there too, Amish, yeah. I mean, they gave me the opportunity to start proving myself. And I took it hard as I could, but I win the contest and they don't believe in electricity. There was a, a match for me, really. And because they don't believe in electricity and I win the contest, they give me the opportunity to be the code signer for all the equipment. When I was in Klondike working, I met uh, Darlington Dairy Supplies, a company that sells equipment. And I talked to them and they sold all the equipment to us and they put all the setup in the cheese factory and I was ready to run. Did you have employees working for you from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have to hire, start making cheese. I have to start the people teaching how to make cheese. That way for me, I can start go out and sell. And we was six of them, six people in that time. Great. So then in order to grow your company, did you, I mean, you knew everything about cheese, but growing your company and learning distribution and sales and everything else that goes along with running a large company, did you hire people to help you with that part? In the beginning, no, I didn't. I did everything by myself. And later on, I was putting uh, different people that I was hiring to help me out, to, to control everything. I mean. But they was, I, I need to put the rules first. Right. Learn more of it. And yeah, I, be, I was hiring people, CFOs and all those. So when it comes to sell, what drove you to, to decide to sell? The check. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, a really physical too, it was too much for me in that time. I had too much responsibility because I got in the end 400 employees and start pushing and kind of like I went 
too much and start losing my view. And I kind of like, a, I couldn't slow down. My rhythm of life, it was too much. And I start to understand that the, oh, if I don't slow down, I will have a heart attack or something will happen to me. And then I decided to jump and work in Sigma. They looked for me and they, I accepted. And then I went more relaxed and I keep going doing what I love to do. So what is it that you love to do? Make cheese or teach people how to make cheese? All of them, of those. Yeah. I mean, most of it now, teach all my experience, how I live, how I make it. Always, if I can help one person, because I didn't have no parents to help me, no support, right. nothing. And when you are totally in a depression, you never quit. And it's right. keep going, pushing. That's why I love to teach. So have you gone back to Mexico? to help others or do you just mentor people in the united states no i'm in mexico you're there now yes i stay in mexico i have a farm and i try to do new things on it all the time and i kind of like my creativity and i put the cheese away and i put my creativity in the farm that way i can relax for a little while with the cheese because i get in my divorce and i need to have kind of like a break time for me and it's how i i took quite a few years in a break time, and now I'm coming back to work with the formula with Wisconsin University. Oh, how about that? Well, let me ask you a question. One of the amazing things, and I love stories like yours, is it sounds like when you were as a kid or you had some learning differences. Learning was hard. School was hard. Yes. And look what you've accomplished. What do you have? What advice or wisdom do you have for kids or others who, who have a hard time with traditional learning? The reality is, is, is not to, I think so, when you cannot learn something, you have another qualities. I mean, I give you, for me, life, give me more patience and don't get desperate because you cannot read or write, write, and it's difficult. Is It comes on other qualities. And if the, the parents, because my parents never, never pay attention, you know, could be fixed. Yeah, probably yes. But I will ask them a good advice. Talk to your parents or talk to people that you can look for support and don't feel ashamed to say it because it feels ashamed. Don't, don't feel ashamed to do it. Just go for it because it's very important to understand everything that is what you are going to do in life. Have you ever thought about sharing your story with kids with learning differences or learning disabilities to help be a, hopefully, a source of inspiration for them? Yes, I do. And every one of them, because it gets you more confused when you don't have support. You have to have twice more control. Is why I quit school and I decided to, I don't want the people laugh on me, no nothing. Is how you feel ashamed. You break that. I mean, you need to break it. That way you can ask for help. If, if that doesn't happen, you kind of like a suffer a lot. It's interesting. It's, you're the second guest on our podcast who's got an amazing success story, but also overcoming learning differences. And I mean, I have a child with some learning differences, but I know a lot of people who do. And learning differences can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And they can be all kinds of extremes. But I think that these stories of success and how you guys or ladies have overcome them and what you've managed to accomplish in your life are super important for these kids because sometimes they feel like they're dumb or stupid or they don't have options and alternatives available for them. And that's that's not the case at all. Your story is very inspirational. And right. the way that you took yourself from not having schooling, learning a trade to creating a business that you were able to then sell for so much money, it's an amazing accomplishment. 
it's extraordinary considering the obstacles that you had to overcome and learning you know, in another country with another language without family support, it's almost not unbelievable. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. What are your words of wisdom for entrepreneurs in general as when they're struggling to get a business going? What do you think got you through it? One of them is if I have a problem, I look at it in three or five or four different angles. I try to find five answers, different answers, and for the problem, you know, that way I can start thinking of good solutions. Because I don't want to go by my instincts right away and answer. I have to be more secure. When you don't have support, you have to think three or four times more. I will ask them to calm down, relax with no feelings. Don't make any decision because you're in love or you're drunk or you feel anger or excitement is the other way. Make the right decision when you are more relaxed and calm down and don't make repetitive answers. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the really good advice is don't do, you know, the same thing over and expect a different result. Your success is remarkable, admirable, and deserved. Your hard work is, and your work ethic obviously took you to where you are today. And to hear that you're giving back to, you know, young Mexicans in, in your country to help them to overcome whatever obstacles they have is, is truly remarkable. It's a great, great story. Do you miss the States or are you happen to be home in Mexico? Oh, I am in the United States. I'm in Chicago now. Is like as I want to stay here for a while because I love America too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I have a mission to, to do here. And this is a great country too. I love Mexico. My mom is a little bit sick, still alive, is why that is one of the reasons that I'm back in Mexico. Got it. Your story is great. It's an inspiration. It's good for our listeners. It's really insightful. And thank you so much for being willing to share it. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear this and i'm sure if people want to reach out to you is there a way they can find you the house of the cheese built.com and the instagram is a cheese guy success i love it thank you so much for being on the show really appreciate it and be well and god bless thank, thank you. you thank you thanks for joining us today on ami sites since 2010, multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with a network of the nation's top lenders. Visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.